Welcome to Messy Life Podcast. You know, life is messy, but it's in our mess that we find our message. And just because your life is messy, it doesn't mean you're messed up. We want to open up our lives. We want to open up our mess. We want to open up what we've learned through really painful, dark journeys. And our hope on the other end of this podcast, on the other end of Messy Life, is that you would find courage and strength and laughter and joy in the midst of your journey, that you would know that you are not in this alone and that you are stronger than you ever thought you were. So let's get messy. the wilderness, right? How do you dive back in? You yeah, because you can't remain solo. Yeah. You, you need true belonging. Yeah. You have to belong to yourself. But then you need to find that posse that accepts you for who you are in your journey today. Yeah. They want the best for you. They will challenge you. They will push you. It's not about complacency. It's about them accepting your authenticity. Yeah. So you've braved the wilderness, right? And what do you do when you're out there? But then what do you do when you go back into a place where maybe you're walking into a new job? Maybe you're walking into a new relationship, a new friendship circle, a new church, a new community, a new school. Um, what do you do? How do you navigate this journey? And listen, I'm going to tell you what we did. It's not to say that we did everything perfect. And it's not to say that this is what you should do. But maybe it just gives you some ideas to navigate this journey. First and foremost, give yourself time to heal. For me, I worked at a church. I could have very easily dive back into another church job. Like that was my career. I intentionally picked a completely different career path because I needed time to heal. Yeah. Like I needed time to decompress, disengage Mm -hmm. and give myself time to heal. And, and if I can be honest with you, like God was so tender and merciful to me. Like he dropped this incredible job in my lap And it's just been a safe place and a safe refuge for me. Like it's completely outside of the box of what I've ever done before, but it's given me the margin to heal. That's been huge. And I will say, invest in a counselor. I don't know if you need to cut your budget certain ways, like cut out Starbucks or I know counselors can be expensive, but like my counselor has been my lifeline. And I didn't make the decision to walk away from what I walked away from without my counselor telling me or or talking to my counselor about it first. I took a time out and I just sat. I didn't serve. Give yourself margin to heal. And, And know this too, Joel, everybody's healing looks different. And I think sometimes what we do is like, Okay, this is a great example. Are you ready for this? Yeah, I'm, I'm ready. It's kind of like the rebound of a boyfriend. Remember, well, you wouldn't yeah, because I've, like... I've never had a boyfriend. <laughs> no, 
like that, but like, but you really didn't. Just even, clarifying. You didn't really even date in high school, but I did. Joel's a way better Christian than me, just so you guys know. I yeah, always say that. You, you know, I just um, was waiting for you, babe. Stop. Okay, well, I did. I was quite the sinner in high school. Uh, I still am quite the sinner, to be quite honest with you. Um, but Jesus still loves me. <laughs> no, he hung with the sinners. You know oh, what I'm he, saying? Listen, if if I were in Bible times, me and Jesus would be thick as thieves. Oh, my gosh. Oh, We e- would be besties. E- oh, my gosh. Even today. Okay, I was hanging out. Okay, I was at... at my son's friend's birthday party, right? I was there, a bunch of kids. And then there was this, um, the son's birthday, the father of the son who, or yeah, the father of the kid who was having his birthday. And he was there and we were like, we, we were having a great time, like talking and he's <laughs> dropping expletives. And and for me, like, like a well-placed expletive has a place in the English language. I mean, it, it's something to be savored. Nothing think, gratuitive, nothing superfluous. Jesus cast. I, I, I'm Sorry. not going to venture into That's that. I'm not, I'm not going to venture. <laughs> like when into- he was flipping the tables in the temple, do you think he like dropped a like well, a bomb? I, well, I'm sure he he, he definitely said some things that were probably offensive, controversial. At yeah, the time. yeah. Anyway, but, okay. But anyways, squirrel. So, so, no, so I'm there and I'm talking to this this guy, and then the conversation, as guy conversations go, you know, you talk about the weather, then maybe the sports, and then you're like, oh, so what do you do? And I was like, <laughs> I hate that question. I, well, I I, I love it now that I don't work for a church. Well, but. I was like, well, I'm a minister. <laughs> and he, this is the first words out of his mouth. What he did said, he say? Oh, I, I am so sorry that I cussed in front of you a minute ago. And I'm like, No, Don't please, please. Way. It was so well placed. That's funny. Anyways, side comment. I forgot yeah. where we were at. I'm sorry. <laughs> I derailed that, but it was a great story. It was, it it was, was a great story. Now we have to get back to our train of thought, and I can't remember. <laughs> I think, oh yeah, yeah. I was talking about rebounds. Boyfriends and rebounds. Boyfriends and rebounds. That's what I was talking about. Okay, so it's kind of like when you were like in high school in the dating scene and like you have a bad breakup and then you rebound immediately, right? And it's like there's bad nothing idea. like a fresh infatuation to get you over your old like heartbreak. I think you have to be careful of the rebound. And that's just my opinion. That's just my two cents. Just give yourself time. It doesn't mean you can't like flirt with the new rebound, but like just give yourself time to heal. And um, don't dive right back in. Don't dive headfirst right back in. Like test the waters, check his character, give him time to court you before you date him. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think that's super important. Like something I did is I was, I tried to be very self aware. I didn't always do this the wisest. And I definitely hit some triggers where I had to pull back. But for me, I didn't dive right back in to ministry. I didn't dive right back into serving in a church. I just gave myself time to heal. I didn't do it perfect, but that was super important. And then I made sure that like my counselors guiding me through this journey, um, that was helpful to me. Again, like I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just telling you what's kind of helped us on our journey. Now we're at a place where we're trying to find a new church. Let's just like talk about that messy real quick. Gotcha. Can I be honest with you? Church shopping 
sucks. Totally It's awful. It's awful. Thank God we had like, oh my God, we had like a posse of people that we would church shop together. So we straight up looked like the mafia rolling into the church. 25 of us coming in thick. You know what I mean? Like look deep. Trying to check our kids in. God bless all those kids, volunteers, trying to check our kids in. You know what I mean? Yeah, like we, we, we all we've come. got 14 first time <laughs> kids that we're checking in. And the kiosk line is right. now like out the door. So then when they would do like the follow-up call, they would be like, oh, I heard about y'all. Because <laughs> we would come like with our thick group of people church shopping, you know. I know, I know. We stopped in. I mean, even Elevation couldn't hang with us. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> They'd be calling the other campus locations. Oh my gosh, Warning. University! Right. They're coming your way this week. <laughs> they really didn't. No. Elevation was absolutely amazing. Like they took great care of us, and it was an incredible experience. But you know what I'm saying? Like it's just kind of semi embarrassing. Like you're rolling in 25 deep. <laughs> uh, but but. How much worse is it when you're doing it on your own? Oh, I couldn't imagine, Joel. It's terrifying. I have a whole new respect for like the process of first time guest. It's it's terrifying. Um, but I'll say this, like we we went slow, but we were really blessed to find a super safe place. They weren't afraid of what we had been through. Hmm. A lot of churches would be terrified. Like, wouldn't touch us with a 10-foot pole because of what we had been through. Like, they weren't afraid of messy. Yeah. And to be quite honest, the place we were transitioning from had called many places around the city to say, Hey, these two? I don't know if you want them there. But this church and this pastor was able to say, hey, it's messy. You have a place. Yeah. They, they weren't, I think they weren't afraid of our mess. They welcomed our mess. They welcomed our brokenness. Like they welcomed our community with open arms and we were messy and we were hurting and we were broken and the place that we were so fortunate enough to land, they didn't see our brokenness. They didn't see our mess. They just, they just, man, they just loved Jesus and they knew Jesus loved us and they just welcomed us with open arms and let us sit. You know, can I be honest with you? Joel, there's a lot of churches that would see you and I and see potential. Oh my God. I mean, I have 20 years of experience. You have 30 years of experience in church world. I mean, we filled arenas with people. We've, there's nothing we haven't done. And they would see, it's almost like people who would not necessarily dollar signs in their eyes, but like opportunity in their eyes. No, they, 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 they didn't see that. Sit as long as you need, soak it in. Just let us love on you. You know, they were so kind. Like, I'm literally going to cry because um, we were, I was really hurting. And our kids were hurting. Our kids were hurting. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think that's like a, probably a podcast for another day. But, man, the toll it takes on your family. And, like, I'll never forget Reagan. Um, we have 
a beautiful friend. She's really a friend and she's like an aunt to our kids and she's um, babysat them like their whole life, but she's more like a sister to me than anything. And Reagan was praying with her one night and Reagan said, dear God, thank you that miss such and such. And I don't want to say her name because she's a pretty private person, but thank you that she will still be my mom's friend. Broke my heart. Like it took a toll on our kids, this transition, but oh my gosh, they just loved our kids. And, um, we just sat and soaked and, and, and let for probably the first time in a really long time, let a church love on us because we were always the one doing the loving. Hmm. We were always the one giving. Mm-hmm. And for the first time in probably Joel 10 to 15 years, we, we just were loved on mm-hmm. by this community. And I think it was a godsend. Mm-hmm. I really do. I think it was a godsend and they didn't see us as what we could bring to the table to benefit them. They, they didn't expect us to stay like they just left on us and let us sit in the back, let us worship, let us soak, welcomed us in all of our mess, welcomed our kids, welcomed our community in a real beautiful way. It was, it was, um, Pretty cool. Pretty cool. It's really awesome. And sometimes you have to rest because you may be out of the recovery room. Yeah. But you're still in recovery. I love that. So you don't just jump back straight in. To a CrossFit workout. Yeah. You you do yoga. Yeah. That's what I say. Like maybe like a deep stretch yoga class. Not hot yoga. Just a deep stretch yoga class. But sometimes you think you're ready for the CrossFit workout. You just need to start with deep stretch yoga, you know? And just soak it in. Like, breathe in, soak it in. You know, I had had the opportunity to speak last week at our new home church, which was fantastic. Yeah, I love them so much. And a lot of people who, um, you know, that we had met and who had transitioned out of the same organization we were with, they came. They heard I was speaking, they came, and I was speaking on a message called Landing on What's Left. You know, what, what do you have left after you have a loss? You can't yeah. land on the loss, it's gone. You have to land on what's left. And afterwards, one of the. Talk about Miss Butterworth. That's yeah, my favorite. Yeah, I do. And I do, I do drop some, you know, some. I, I use All my of boss her for reals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and so I, I do I I do uh, definitely throw in a few rhymes in there, which which I'm I'm prone to do every every once in a while. But she came up to me and she said, "Hey, I have been transitioned from this really bad breakup yeah. with this church, and I really haven't been anywhere. Yeah, and I." Feel like God is a million miles away from ah, me. That breaks my heart. And I don't know what. I, I don't know what. And I, I haven't been in church forever, and I feel like my relationship with God has suffered. Yeah. And I looked at her, and I and I just said. 
first of all, you have to know that God loves you so much, that he's crazy about you. But secondly, you have to know that you will, when you go back to church, you will never be the same again. Yeah. Your relationship with God will never be the same again yeah. because when you come back, you will come back with boundaries that are more healthy for yeah. you. Yeah, you'll be healthier in the long term. Yeah. Don't look at the past as a the mistakes or the whatever, whatever mistakes, wherever you feel that distance, don't look at that as, hey, that's my past. I made these mistakes. I must not be close to God. Instead, I want you to take the jewel of the lesson into the future. Mm -hmm. And I think anyone, whether you're going through, you had a marriage breakup, whether it's a, a job breakup, you're in a business partner, you're betrayed, whatever the case may be, you, when you enter back in, will be wiser and you will have healthier boundaries. Yeah, 100, yeah. Where you'll say, oh, wow, like, I see that at this, I, I see that and I'm not going to make those same mistakes again. Now, I do, I did tell her, like, what we're apt to do is not to trust. Sure. What we're apt to do is to shut down trust and to say, I ain't going to trust anybody, but... You know, if you prove to me that you're trustworthy and we begin to put up these barriers or gauntlets. And if we do that, though, if we don't have a little bit of trust for each person that comes into our lives, even though we're we're smarter than we were before, we have boundaries that are more healthy than before. But you have to give away a little bit of trust. Because if not, if you make people jump through hurdles or you keep them at arm's length, what they will feel is rejection from you. And what will be a self-fulfilling prophecy is that you totally. will then be rejected again. If I can lean into that a little bit too, oftentimes we make people in our present life pay for the mistakes of those in our future, or I'm sorry, in our past. Yeah, so let me say that that's again. That's really good. Oftentimes what we do is we make people pay in our present life for the mistakes of those in our past. Hmm. I think it's really important to make sure that we are not making current relationships, current dating relationships, current marriages, current employments, current whatever, current church situations pay for what somebody else did to us. So good. But you have a responsibility to own your own boundaries. So for example, as we progress forward, I, I'm very cautious. I don't always do it perfect, and I certainly have triggers. But I try to be very aware that I don't want to make our current church pay for the mistakes of our previous church. Mm-hmm. And But I also have a responsibility to learn from what I went through. What could I, as an individual, have done better in this so situation? good. And so I could have set better boundaries and made sure that I held people accountable to honoring those boundaries. So moving forward, I'll make sure to set boundaries and hold people accountable to honoring those boundaries. But I'm not going to automatically assume that they're going to hurt me the way that the people in the past have hurt me because that's not fair. That's not fair to you. It's not fair to me. It's not fair to anyone. And so I think you have to be very aware that you need to be cautious. You need to be careful. You need to set boundaries, 
But there, there's two avenues that you have to take with that. Number one, don't make your current situation pay for your previous mm-hmm. situation. Yep. But you need to take an inventory of what you could have done better. And I had to do that. I had to take an inventory of what could I have done better. Take that inventory and march forward and do better. When you know better, you do better. That's what Maya Angelou says, right? Hey, (laughs) Maya Angelou, the queen. Um, Sorry, welcome to our real life. Um, But that's what Maya Angelou says. When you know better, you do better. And so don't put your responsibility of owning you on somebody else. You know, you now know better. What lessons did you learn from this previous experience? Implement those things moving forward. Yeah. One of the things that you have to do is, okay, I'm in this relationship where there was a broken trust, whether that's marital business, uh, you know, faith community, whatever. Okay, I put this trust out there, but it was broken. And many times we stay in those relationships or those communities way longer than we should. And so it's in that moment that we have to say, okay, is there this? And this is where, this is where like before you can go up or before you can go out, you have to go in. Yeah. Oh, that's really good. What was in me? Yeah. What was I looking for in this relationship? What was was I I looking for? for? Yeah. Was I looking for validation? Approval. Was I looking for acceptance? Was I looking for significance? Um, I was lonely and I was filling that hole. You have to look inside of you. What inside of you kept you in a relationship that was toxic? abusive, or just wouldn't accept you for who your authentic self really is. So you have to do the inward work before you can do the outward work. And then when you learn from that, then you can take your jewel, the lesson from the loss into your present and then into your future. So here's, as we wrap this up, as we talk about you're in the wilderness And now you face a point where you have to re-engage, right? So we've talked about braving the wilderness. We've talked about finding your tribe in the wilderness, being true to your authentic self. Most important thing you can do, take time to heal. But in the wilderness, you will face a point where you have to re-engage. It's risky. It's vulnerable. It's uncertain. You have to take a risk. You have to re-engage. And when you re-engage, it, it, it requires bravery to re-engage. But the most beautiful thing you can do is take the lessons that you've learned in the brokenness and implement them in your future. You see, we can use the term enemy, which I believe in, The enemy wants to keep you in your weakness. The enemy wants to keep you in your hurt, in your pain. But when you re-engage and you re-engage more authentic and more true to who you are, owning who you are, that's the real power. You see, okay, can I lean into this a little bit? Okay, so I, I, I tapped into an authentic power in myself. I've never been more proud of myself than I walked away than when I walked away from that situation. Oh my gosh, I was so proud of myself, right? But when I give myself time to heal, I learn from my mistakes. 
and then I re-engage. That person, that organization, Mm -hmm. that pain, Mm -hmm. that enemy loses 100% of their power over me. Mm -hmm. Because I will not let, and I want to speak this over you, I will not let the pain of my past keep me bound forever. Mm -hmm. And this is what we do, Joel. Mm -hmm. We get hurt. We get hurt in an organization, in a job, in a marriage, and we let it define us. We let it we wow. let it wound us. We, we let it amputate us. But let me tell you what your real power is. When you heal, when you press in, and you really heal, but then you re-engage. Yeah. Because when you re-engage, you're more authentic, you're more vulnerable, you're more compassionate. Right? Yeah. There's a common humanity that happens when you've been hurt and when you've been broken. You see people in a different way. Mm-hmm. You re-engage. It's greater. It is. And when you re-engage, you're unstoppable. You're more powerful than you've ever been. And here's what you do when you re-engage. You move yourself from being just a character in your own story. Some of us, we take on the character yeah. of the villain. I love Some it. of us, we take on this heroic character. But... We are not supposed to just be a character in our story. We are supposed to be the author of our story. We co-create it with God. So when you re-engage, you then become the author of your story. And when you're the author of the story, you write your own ending. You write your own ending. And here's what's cool about that. When you become the author of your own story, you take your pain, you take everything that, that that person did to you, and you use it as a sword to make you stronger and to change the world yep. when you re-engage. So see, oftentimes what I see, what I find, mm-hmm. people get hurt in this profession. People get hurt in this school. People get hurt in this marriage. People get hurt in this church. And they never re-engage. But it's it's almost like a valley, right? So like in the valley is your wound, but in the valley you heal. But your mountaintop is your re-engagement. And when you re-engage, you shift everything. When you re-engage, you take all the lessons of your pain Mm, mm. and you use it to make a difference in other people's lives. And that's where the real power is. You know, I love this. I'm going to read this quote. I think it's Pema Chodron. Compassion is not the relationship between the healer and the wounded. It's a relationship between equals. Only when we know our own darkness well can we be present with the darkness of others. I love that quote because compassion is not a relationship between the healer and the wounded. It's a relationship with equals. You see, that's re-engagement. Re-engagement is I have felt your brokenness because I've been broken too. I felt the darkness of brokenness. I have felt the darkness of bitterness. Mm-hmm. I have felt the darkness of pain. Mm-hmm. I felt that. And I can sit with you in your pain. Yeah. I can sit with you in your brokenness. I can sit with you in your lonely, loneliness. That's compassion. You see, when you re-engage, you take the pain, the heartache, the heartbreak, and you turn it around. You, you turn it around and you use it for good. 
Yeah. So will you walk into your story and own it so that you won't be working, you won't be hustling, trying to find your worthiness? And I want to end with this. When you're ready, make sure you're ready, but re-engage. Don't let them win. Don't let the darkness, the brokenness, the hurt, whatever someone did to you, whether it was a previous relationship, previous employment, previous church, don't let them win. Don't let them be courageous enough to re-engage, you know, and you'll re-engage stronger. I feel almost like in the re-engagement, you find your power you find your strength. But I want to I want to say this. It's terrifying to re-engage. They can hurt you again. Yeah. They can hurt you. But what is that quote that says I would rather have loved and lost than to have never loved at all? Yeah. Um take the it wound. Was Tennyson who said that. Take the wound. Mm-hmm. Take what the enemy meant for evil and turn it to good. Take what that person meant for evil towards you and make it good. Re-engage because God will never waste your pain. Yeah. And so when you're ready, it's scary. It's vulnerable. You're going to have critics. Let's just take a minute to tell you that. You will 100% have critics, but press through it. And re-engage because there are many people who are going to grow through your pain. And when you re-engage, when you're ready, you're going to tap into a power you never knew you had. Yep. We believe in you guys. We are in this wilderness journey with you. We certainly don't have all the answers, but our goal, our heartbeat is just to open up our lives to you as we're in this journey in this messy journey of braving the wilderness. Um, So I hope that you have a little treasure that you can take away from this podcast. Thank you again. We don't take lightly the fact that you tune in and you listen and you learn from what we're going through. We're an open book. We're messy. (laughs) Um, We don't have it all worked out. No, but welcome to life. Who in life has it all worked out? And if anybody claims that they do, they are a fraud. Run for your life. No, just joking. No, you don't want a piece of that fakeness. Yeah. So thank you so much for tuning in and braving the wilderness with us. You've got this. You've got this. You are braver than you thought you were. You are stronger than you thought you were. Lean in and do the hard things. Lean into your vulnerability. Lean into your fear. Lean into your authenticity. Push away the criticism. You are braver than you ever thought you were. We, are, we believe in you. We are praying for you. We are rooting for you. Yep. We're in this together. The wilderness is a beautiful place. It hurts. And you're not alone. You're not alone. Sometimes it hurts. Sometimes it sucks. Sometimes you're in the midst of a vulnerability hangover and a shame storm. But keep pressing forward because the world needs you. Your kids need you. Your spouse needs you. The world needs you. Keep kicking butt and taking names. We love you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, in two weeks, though, we are dropping a bonus episode. 
we're going to be sharing about our fight <laughs> over coffee. Yeah, so part of Messy Life is not just about talking about hard topics. We literally are opening up our lives. So we had a really juicy fight over our a espresso machine. A messy conversation, machine. yes. A messy conversation over our espresso machine. We fought... Which is serious business. It's serious business. I mean, Don't play with coffee. I know, it's a caffeinated beverage. So the funny thing about that is... Part of messy life is like opening up our lives to things we've done right and things we've done wrong. And so we got into a huge fight over our beloved Breville coffee machine. So we're talking a little bit about that. It's hilarious. Hopefully you can learn from our mistake because yeah, I, I don't know if it was that hilarious. <laughs> In the but, moment, but you probably it wasn't. you will, you'll probably laugh. In the moment, it wasn't hilarious, but there's a little bit of pearls and a little bit of lessons in it. So we hope that you can learn something from it, which is the goal. Bonus. So we're talking a little bit about our fight over the espresso machine over Breville, who I love very much. So that'll drop two weeks after we launched this one. If you've subscribed, it'll pop right up. Yeah. And hey, again, we want to encourage you guys, if you have questions for us, you can follow us on social media. You can DM us. And as always, you can head over to joeljohnson.org slash podcast for our show notes, where we have a detailed summary and links to books and materials mentioned in this episode. And also to find out more about coaching opportunities with Casey and myself. We love you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Peace out.